You're listening to the Advanced Leadership Podcast from the South Carolina Baptist Convention. Now, here's your host, Lee Clamp. Welcome to another edition of the Advanced Leadership Podcast. I have a dear friend with me in the studio today, Corey Singleton, who serves as the worship and creative pastor at Journey Church and for years was one of the masterminds uh, with Steve Rorlack with the Somersault Youth Camp. Corey, welcome to the show. What's going on? It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Man, you've got such a good radio voice. <laughs> I, I tell you what, one of these days when I grow up, I want to be like you. You know, Somersault, we used to have some good times, Corey, uh, back we in did. the day. And, uh, and there, you know, Somersault Youth Camp serves about 3,000 students or so during the summer and um and during those years of uh development hey just give us a quick funny story that you remember from that time okay um i remember a couple a lot of stories i mean 11 years doing that um one that really stands out is uh there was one night uh uh during our worship service that uh, a monsoon had come in and at that time the the roof was was leaking really bad and and it had just it looked like a Taylor Swift concert. I mean, the the uh, they're, the bands playing and singing. The students are are just loving it, and the um, <laughs> the rain is just pouring down everywhere. And um and that was crazy enough. I'm I'm at, from a safety standpoint too. I'm sitting there thinking, all right, I, this is way beyond my control. Like something, but something awesome is about to happen. Um, and then also uh, I hear a bark and. Uh, <laughs> And a dog runs by, and uh, basically the, the the camp facility director at the time had a dog, and the dog had gotten spooked by the storm. So when the kids came in, also the dog came in. So oh I'm seeing God. rain fall out of yes. the sky. I'm seeing you know hundreds of students uh, worship, and uh, it feels like special effects. But I know it's anything but that. But it but it's still some kind type of natural special effect going on and a dog runs by barking and it's just way beyond my control but it's the crazy life that you love to be in the middle of and you know in the middle of that worship service you're like god's fixing to do something crazy and yeah. incredible tonight. and he did yeah. oh you know what you know we have a lot of memories too just uh, of some crazy practical jokes i remember when i was uh, a camp pastor there one year we we, we met messed with some kids and I think the I think the student pastor at the time was a David Sons. Yeah, a David Sons. So uh, re- recall that story for me. So David uh, was at a church in the North Augusta area, and um, and his students had played a joke on him earlier as their student pastor. Um, they told him that one of the students got in trouble in their Bible study, and David David you know was on his students and wanted them to the represent well and and behave and things like that and so told him that his student had gotten kicked out of the bible study and so <laughs> uh which which as the leader like he's just can't believe it oh, you yeah. know one of one of my guys is the troublemaker and so um so he he comes down on him pretty hard and and then later finds out that it wasn't even true like uh that they had just told him that and they were joking nice. with him messing with him nice. and so so then he's like all right i'll i'll I'll, I'm gonna get you back, you know. And so David concocted this this whole plan um, to get Somersault staff involved, where it was this whole story where some of his boys had been, um, some of the guys who had tricked him had been stealing merchandise from the camp store, and so got got us involved, got leadership involved, and so we took merchandise. 
went in their rooms and planted it in their bags. Yes, yes. And so then he got all the boys and we, there was a confrontation where a leadership came to the door. <laughs> hey, we've, there's been some speculation that uh, you guys were seen taking some things from the store and uh, and all this and just they're they're I mean these guys hadn't done anything so they uh, no we we didn't do anything so well do you <laughs> then you don't mind if we kind of search your room yes. check your bags sure <laughs> go ahead you know and so we check the bags and we start pulling out oh, shirts yes. and all kinds of hats and and merchandise and things like that and the look on their faces I mean oh, he goodness. he took it as far to. Hey, got, one, of, one of the staff members came and got me as the camp pastor and said, hey, I remember that. you need to go into the room and give them the you know the shakedown. And so I went in full spiritual talk. And you just gave said, one of the best convicting speeches I've ever heard you give <laughs> to that room of boys. And they you were on the verge of clean, tears. Guys. <laughs> you just got to come clean. They were sweating it, man. They were They were mortified. They couldn't believe it. They didn't understand. They were just trying to convince me they didn't take it. I said, guys, the evidence is right here. We, we got to quit playing games. And as that, I'll never forget looking through the window at that poor boy who had packed his bags. The police were coming. His parents were coming. And he's just sweating. And I uh, gave him a couple minutes to just sweat it out. And oh, uh, then, then came clean. But that was a good memory. And now David's one of our uh, one of our pastors and one of our uh, strong churches in the state of South Carolina. Look and, at him now, and even helps with the national level. I tell you, it's incredible. See how how we have been able to develop leaders at the somersault level. So mm-hmm. that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about developing these uh, future church leaders. And and Corey has been uh, running an internship program during the summer um, that's uh, partially funded by our Janie Chapman offerings to try to help raise up this this future um, generation of, of church leaders. And so yeah, let's just talk about that a little bit, uh, Corey. Um, tell me a little bit about what, what you do with that and maybe the roots of it. Sure. So coming off of years of summer camp, um, I knew that my internal clock was kind of the opposite of what the local church usually is. Like uh, my internal clock's going up like it's amping up energy up coming into the summer and so i'm coming off i'm transitioning from um from non-missional work and doing somersault in back into the local church and i'm i know i'm and i'm doing that right after the summer so i transition in august so i've got a year i know that when the next summer comes church is usually a little bit the opposite everybody everybody takes off goes on vacations and things like that so programming and things like that typically kind of kind of calm down just a little bit uh, for most churches. Um, so I knew that. I recognized that. So I, I was trying to think ahead to the next summer. So what what do I, what do I need to do to recognize that and to pour myself into? So I decided, you know what, I, I, th- I think I'd like to do an internship. Um, I think I'd like to, um, to, to just take some people under my wing for a, a concentrated amount of time and to just heavily invest in them. Didn't know quite what that was going to look like at the time. Didn't know the intensity of which we were going to run with that. But I just knew at some level I wanted to do that. And um, in my mind, that was going to start right around me. Okay, what's the low-hanging fruit right around me that um, that's already here, that's ready to, to do that? Um, I would dream of a time that um, people would drive in to actually do it. But to start, I knew we had to do it well. We had to do it very intentional. And, um, and we needed to start with the people right around us. So uh, I started looking at other internships that were already uh, happening. 
Um, I would grab leadership from these internships. I would pick their brains. I'd grab people that had uh, other students that had gone through the internship, and I would ask them just brain-picking questions. I'd say, when you think back to that summer, what's the what's the biggest thing that stands out? Or what's the one takeaway that you think was like the biggest takeaway? And I'm making notes of all those things. And within that, I would see um, things that might seem like uh, really, really strong positives. And sometimes I'd see some things that I might want to watch out for and things like that. So, you know, for instance, uh, it might be, yeah, we read, we read a lot of books for the summer. Okay. Well, how many books did you read? Well, we read like 20 books, you know, it's like, that's a lot of books, mm, you know, yeah. and uh, so so trying to craft that into a really balanced, um, just taking remnants of things and saying, okay, reading, reading needs to be a part of this, um, but I, for the experience satisfaction of the the person coming through, I I need to watch how much reading, you know. Um, some had some were the grunt labor, you know. Uh, we got interns for the summer, uh, so we got somebody to make the coffee and take out the trash. Yes. Yippee. And, um, and so I, I would, I would look at that and say, you know what, these interns need to work hard. They don't, they don't need to be above doing what might seem like a menial task. But if that's the only thing that we do with the internship, then we probably have missed that too. So, um, some I would hear say, we saw the, the lead pastor in the hallway one week, you know, and, I'd, and I'd say, well, that seems kind of weird. Um, I, I want, I want this internship to have access to some of the best leaders that I can I can use my personal network to bring in um, to invest in these students, and so so I'm I'm just taking bits and pieces from all these things, and from scratch making a um, just just building it from there. And so what we came to was by the next year I was ready to kind of launch 2017, ready to launch this first internship, um, and what I built it around was if you think of a triangle like a balanced triangle. Um, just a just a holistic and balanced approach to ministry, and I built that around the concept of the head, the heart, and the hand. And so, what I do is I uh, because these were the things I also picked up from other places. Some lean really heavily hand; it was all like grunt work. Some it was all headspace; it was all intellectual, you know, probing and mm-hmm. things like that. Some it was it was all touchy feely heart stuff, and and all that had good elements to it. But I knew the best internship we could build was going to be a balance. And the best gift I could give them in the time I had was to understand the balance that they bring in to ministry. So the way it works uh, that first summer and the way that I've carried into other summers. Now, it looks different every summer. It looks different every intern that comes through. It'll feel different. If they were to sit down and describe it, they'd probably describe it a little bit differently because every every summer's kind of had its own unique creative flair to it based on the people who were in that summer. But the what I do now is I do what I call the core. Now, I'm the worship pastor at the church, but I don't just do worship interns. I do interns in, in all the areas of our church, and this is the way that works. I, I do the head and the heart. So the head, that's we're reading books. Um, we're having people kind of challenge them intellectually, um, really really push their, their cognitive abilities and, and minds. Um, and then with the heart um, that I also do, what I do is we do all kinds of assessments, every Enneagram, um, Five Voices, Myers-Briggs, anything we can get our hands on, Strength Finder, um, to help kind of unlock what 
how they're wired because mm-hmm. they are uniquely wired, mm-hmm. but they're also at an age. We do 18 to 25, and we're real strict on the front age and real strict on the back age. Mm-hmm. Um, um, we're real strict on that to, to really protect that experience. They, they're unlocking a lot of these pieces at mm-hmm. this age, and they're trying to put these things together for the first time. So as we're pushing their minds, we're also um, unlocking what how they're wired uniquely, and then we also teach them the classic spiritual disciplines, which give them uh, um, processes and, and postures to be still um, and to kind of figure out what God's doing um, and how God's putting all those pieces together. So we're giving them a way to kind of posture themselves to kind of catch all these things and, and process what God might be trying to use that period of time to do. And then the hands part, which is also a huge part of that balance, is they have what I call track coaches. And so if they are uh, feel a call, a specific call or possible call to student ministry um, for the hands part, then they will go and tr- the track coach will be that student minister. Mm-hmm. I could try to teach them things about that, that area and could probably – could probably teach them a lot of things about it, mm-hmm. but what better to go to the guy who's on the front lines yeah. doing the ministry and he shares the ministry with them. So if they're student ministry, they go there for the track coach. If they're worship, they'll stay with me. If they're um, children's ministry, they'll go with the children's ministers. And so they'll, they'll track coach. So from the head, the hand, the heart, and also the time, the specific intentional time to try to put these pieces together it's amazing to see the light bulbs that start happening. Oh, that's great. Well, you know, you've been working with these next generation leaders all the way through, obviously, the camp experience. You've been working with next generation leaders now that are you know, uniquely uh, called to some specific areas of ministry. Uh, let's just peel back the onion a little bit, you know. Okay. Um, this is the this is the first digital native generation. They've been, you know, in this digital environment since they were born. Um, they've, uh, they've witnessed a lot of things of the, the destruction of the family and the destruction of the American dream, you know, the whole nine yards. And so why don't you just help us understand what, what are some maybe three or four, uh, just pretty clear things that you've learned about this next generation of leaders, their needs their wants or fears. What, what are you, what are you picking up? Yeah. And since we talked about somersault, um, yeah, I used to, used to think, the longevity in somersault was the, out of my passion for middle and high school students. Um, when I look back on that season, it, it was there, but the real passion was the interaction with the staff that would come in every summer. A lot of times those 18 to 25-year-olds, that was the real passion point for me when I look back and think of all those years. So, yeah, a digital generation, I mean, you think of a generation that has never not had Google, you yeah. know, um, and and I think all all the all the things you look into with that uh, have their own kind of subtle takeaways. I mean, a, a a person that's never not had Google may not need me in all the ways that I think they need me to develop them. Mm. You know. Okay. And so I have to be honest with that, and I have to be mindful of that. But what Google can't do is Google can't shepherd, Google can't nurture, Google can't come alongside and guide. Um, a person in their experience. And so I have to really capitalize on the things they don't have um, and accentuate those. But I love this. Uh, I love this generation that's coming through um, working with millennials for a long time. Um, learned a lot about them and, and love the specific things about them. But this specific generation coming through um, has some subtle differences to them. And um, 
one of those that I've found from working with them is this next generation coming through is incredibly collaborative. They love to be with each other. They love to do things together and and they love the collective force that they're able to 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 bring their their um their own individual uniqueness together in a way that fits. And that's the second thing is their their uniqueness. Mm-hmm. They're incredibly unique. Now, uniqueness is not a new thing. <coughs> uniqueness is not a new thing. Um everybody's always been uniquely created, but it hasn't always been cool to be different you know okay and so they're beginning to this generation recognizes their uniqueness and and it and it's it's a a thing that's that's heralded i'm Mm. different from you um Mm. we all have our unique place to to fit so so that that championing of uniqueness is something that in development that I'm, i'm learning to use in our favor like in our in as a part of what we're doing um, and that's why the the internship is always a little bit different because mm-hmm. those people are always a little bit different. I'm mm-hmm. not so much I don't so much have a box of all a bunch of goodies that I'm just making sure they get all these things. I have enough time with them that I give them enough thing, but I'm also igniting a torch oh. in that uniqueness um, with, with a come and get it type mentality where I may not get to all the things in the box, but what happens by the end when that t- that torch is united mm-hmm. is by then they've been taught the tools that I can just hand them the box and they know how to how to feed themselves and to, and to keep going mm. and to replicate in that and others do uh, in what they see. So um, collaborative, uh, another word I think of is, is that uniqueness. And then I think about another word, uh, engaged. It's an engaged. They believe in their causes. And um, we've got a lot of great causes, but what we've got to do with this next generation is really help and inspire them and connect the pieces that these these causes are not um, separate from each other. Like they actually are, we're wanting the same things and we're actually in the same thing, a lot of the same things. Mm. But that's the things they need to see um, because they're not going to be loyal to brands that that aren't on the same page as them they're not going to be loyal to institutions organizations that aren't on the same page with them so when i think about when i think about those just take those three we could keep going with other things but mm-hmm. you just wanted a couple um let's think about those things um unique they've got they've got a unique fit um uh they've got uh they're engaged they're collaborative these are the things that the church is and, and should be. And so this is a generation I feel like uniquely wired for a huge mm. movement of the gospel. Oh, that's a good and, word. Um, so when you take those three things, that's what we want. Like that's what the church should be and strives to be. And um, so that's what I love about them. That's great. You know, um, I've heard people say, and I've said it many times as well, that that this generation is not the future of the church. Um they are the church now, and as as we work with these leaders, I'm I'm sure that there's pastors out there that they might not have a clearly defined internship um, program, um, but they're longing to to pour their lives into a into a Timothy. And so, what what would you say to them? Those who might say, "Hey, I'd love to get in that game somehow." I might not even have any 18 to 25 year olds in my church, you know, to be able to go after, um, but what would you say? How do you get started? You know, um, 
they might not be able to to do a robust program necessarily an internship like you've been able to do with many students at once in the summer what would you tell those leaders i would say the time is now and to start with what they have so you know i, I draw a hard line on 18 to 25 so they may not have an 18 to 25 year old around but they might have a 27 year old you know they might have a 31 year old they might have a a 40-year-old businessman that, that begins to put some of these pieces for the first time together. So, you know, this this concept, too, of just equipping the saints to serve, like what areas can they share the ministry and help people uh, learn? Uh, so I would say start with where they are. Um, don't wait until you have it all figured out. Because let's, let's think about that. If you've got somebody right around you right now that's ready to be to be grabbed and to be poured into, for such a time as this, waiting might miss miss the person that's around them right now that God has has strategically positioned for their um, for for their influence and for their timing and for the stage of life that they're in right now and things like that. So I would say don't wait. I would say don't try to get it all figured out on paper. Um, I was glad I just went ahead and just jumped right into it because I learned a lot from just trying to throw it out there. I learned a lot from that first group. Um, I have uh, tweaked it every summer. No summers look the same from their uniqueness. Um, but a lot of that, too, is that you're just always in the stage of wanting to do it stronger and better. And um, so the, they're only going to learn that from jumping right into um, to doing it. So, um, And I would tell them to find a rhythm that's good for them, too. Like it's not, It doesn't have to be – you know, I, I build this thing really around a lot of my natural rhythm and so it is life-giving to me, and it's very natural for me. It's not like an extra program or thing I have to run or kind of attend to. It's very much I'm their guide. I'm walking through this with them. They're meeting me places, and we're, we're doing creative discipleship on the go. Um, so it doesn't have to be a huge program on the side that they're adding because everybody's busy. Everybody is probably a little bit tired. We're still recovering from 2020 and all that so it might be hard to think of like i just don't have the energy to add something new mm -hmm. but if you add it to your natural rhythm then that's going to be something that works like it fits it's your natural rhythm and you're inviting them into that and you're you're pouring your influence into that so yeah and it kind of starts with an i see in you conversation i mean that's a powerful conversation to have pastor if you haven't had an i see in you conversation with someone where you just go up to them, you've noticed some things about their life. Uh, maybe they are a future church leader, and uh, they don't know it yet. And you just say, hey, listen, I see in you this ability uh, to lead, and I'd love to spend some extra time with you if you'd give me the honor to do so. Um, you'd be amazed at how many people would take you up on the offer. That's right. And then you might would say, well, I, yeah, I don't, I'm not sure if I can uh, afford you know, a, a student intern or, or something like that during the summer. Um, I, I would encourage you. Um, you can't afford not to. Yeah. And um, and and you've even I've even found that uh, you know, they're not as expensive as you might would think because the value that you bring to the table if you're going to pour into them from an internship um, uh, mentality, uh, they they almost pay you to to come in and to serve with them. And so I would just encourage you now just to think through. Hey, who is who who is that one? two or three people in my church that I could have an ICNU conversation, uh, somebody that, um, that I could maybe bring under my wing to uh, to take to the next level. And uh, and who knows, you may be training up your successor. 
And so um, uh, I just appreciate uh, Corey's heart in doing that. Well, Corey, this has been great conversation uh, with you. You've got a beautiful family and uh, you're a dear friend of mine. In fact, I remember my first day on the job here at the South Carolina Baptist Convention. I was staring out of the window thinking to myself, what am I doing? And I hear a guy in a deep voice behind me say, Lee, back away from the window. Back away. (laughs) So I just want to tell you thank you. Uh, Thank you for your friendship. Thank you for your leadership in the state. And I appreciate you being a part of this uh, podcast. Thanks Thanks for having me. Well, until every life is saturated and transformed by the hope of the gospel, accelerate the advance. Thanks for listening to the Advanced Leadership Podcast from the South Carolina Baptist Convention. This South Carolina Baptist Convention podcast is made possible through the cooperative program giving of South Carolina Baptist churches. For more information, visit scbaptist.org.